You are listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you find your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought-after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. We will read this scripture twice today, and I am doing a mini-series today just for you. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit today. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. If you've ever heard the term Pentecostal, it is simply a group of people that celebrates a group of Christians that celebrate that what happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost is still happening. Pentecost, penta, is just a word for 50. It was 50 days after the resurrection. It was a high holy day for the, um, for the Jewish people. And on the 50th day, 50 days after uh, Jesus rose from the grave, the Holy Spirit's poured out. Uh, for people who are not Pentecostal, they call the day of Pentecost Ascension Day. Uh, maybe you've heard that ascension. It's the celebration of his ascension. We don't we we, don't, we call it Pentecost Sunday because we is Pentecostal. Verse two. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven and a mighty rushing wind. It filled the whole house. Notice that the, that God can fill a house. Not just the people. God can fill a house. I don't need to go to church. I am the church. God's not a building. He filled a building in the new covenant. Think about that. It's a big deal. Why are we building a building? Because we're, we're going to build a space for him to fill. Yeah. And filled the house where they were sitting. They all appeared to them, divided tongues of fire. And each, sat, uh, each one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I want to talk, um, this is part one. We'll do part two after lunch. The Spirit-filled church. The Spirit-filled church. I really want City Light to be a Spirit-filled church. Um, not, not Pentecostal in um, culture, not culturally Pentecostal not culturally spirit-filled, not culturally charismatic. In other words, we, we know all the buzzwords, but, but where the Lord fills the house. And, and the Lord fills the house, and then the Lord fills the people. That's what I want. That's, what I, that's my prayer. That's my prayer, the spirit-filled church. Lord, help me uh, to share these truths today. In Jesus' name, amen. The spirit-filled church, number one, is a praying church. Spirit-filled church is a praying church. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. For all nations. Ethnos, ethnic groups. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Let me tell you the number one way that a house becomes unified, it's in prayer. We're going to be multicultural. We need some black people on the stage and some, and we need some Filipinos on the stage and we need some white people on the stage. And then we need, because we need a, that is man's attempt. You know that we didn't pick any, like, well, let's get Kiefer over here. 
I don't even know what kefir is besides human. Hawaiian? We need an islander. Let's get Vanya, Mexican. Let's get, let's get Lauren for a little bit of vanilla. Let's get... We don't think that way. We're a house of prayer, and a house of prayer is a house for all nations. I'm not giving in all this stuff that's happening in our culture. Uh, just before we start, we want to recognize that we're on stolen land. Well, then give it back, IBM. It's all fake. All that junk is fake. And, and by the way, I don't like anybody on any side, so just uh, let me offend everybody. They're all hypocrites. Okay, I'm sorry, but I'm a little bit mad at everybody right now because I'm mad at that conservative governor that's been cheating on her husband. I'm mad at, every, I'm mad at everybody because the hope of the world. Rick Warren said if politics could change the world, I'd have been a politician. So we'll let, we'll, we'll let all them devour each other. We're going to be a house of prayer for all nations. I know it's about to be 2024. And everybody's going to be fighting and everybody's going to be hating on, but you're going to come into this house. This is going to be a house of unity. This is going to be a house of prayer. This is going to be a house of miracles. If you need the evening news, don't come to City Light Church because that's not what you're, you're going to get the Bible here. You're going to get the word of God here. You're going to get Jesus here. Dr. Jim Cimbala said, you know how popular the church is by who shows up on Sunday morning. And you know how popular the pastor is by who would show up on a Sunday night. But you know how popular Jesus is by who shows up to the prayer meeting. And I'm just telling you right now, I hope you like this new building, but I'm telling you we're going to use that building and we're going to fill it with prayer meetings after prayer meetings after prayer meetings. I would do a prayer meeting right now, but we would, there would be nowhere to put everybody. If I opened up a Wednesday night prayer meeting right now at our, at our HQ, it would, it would be pandemonium. We can't do it. But when we have a building that can do it, we will have prayer and prayer and we will offer prayer and there will be times of prayer and we will be a house of prayer. We are a house of prayer, but we will be able to facilitate that. The book of Acts is the documentation of the earliest days of the body of Christ. And here's what you're going to find all through the book of Acts. You're going to find prayers. Therefore, the book of Acts is your number one prayer guide. If you want to learn how to pray, you should read the book of Acts because you're going to find prayer after prayer after prayer. I, I, have, I have every prayer in the book of Acts written down here, and I, we, can't, we can't go through them all, and there's just too many, but I just want to tell you, we, we, we were born in prayer. We're currently sustained by prayer. We will be sustained by prayer. This will be a house of prayer. We will never grow out of prayer. Um, he, he, will all, he will always be our number one priority. We will always be mindful of unbelievers who walk in just like tomorrow as we give altar calls and we call people to baptism and, and I use humor and we're excellent. We're, we're always going to be that. But at the end of the day, I, I am not worried about the, the, the 
awesome Christian and I'm not worried about the terrible sinner. I'm on, I am preaching and I'm thinking and I'm praying about and I'm, I'm going, would, would Jesus even like this? Because if he's not into this, I'm not into this. And we're, so we're a house of prayer for all nations and and, and we're going to fight for that. We're going to fight for that unity. The church was birthed in a prayer meeting. We just read it in Acts chapter 2. They had been praying and fasting for 10 days, and then the Spirit of God was poured out, and then the church was born. The church was born in prayer. And if the church doesn't look like a prayer meeting, we're not a church. If, 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 if we don't know how to pray, we gotta, we, we've got to level up. We'll continue to level up. We'll continue to fight for that. We'll continue to, to work towards that We're a, we're a church of prayer. We're a praying church. The spirit-filled church is a praying church. If we, if we can do nothing else, if, if we fail at prayer, we failed. Number two, the spirit-filled church is a prophetic church. Woo. The spirit-filled church is a prophetic church. In these last days, I will pour out my spirit, says God. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is Acts 2.17. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Let's just leave that up for a second as we, as we process it. Uh, so, number one, God would pour out his spirit. Uh, number two, he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. This is for men and women. Uh, this is a house for men and women. This is a house where men and women can prophesy. Men and women can preach. Men and women can lead worship. Men and women are not just for the kids' ministry. Amen. Uh, women, women, women belong in the sanctuary, in the auditorium, and are, are able to minister and to speak for God and on behalf of God to the people of God uh, to teach and to preach. I don't, I don't believe in women pastors. Well, you're going to have to figure that one out because um, I'm married to one, so I don't know. Um, I'll just remind you that the first gospel preacher was a woman named Mary who, who, who witnessed the resurrection before anybody else. Um, I'll also remind you that when God decided to come to earth, he bypassed a man named Joseph, did not ask his permission, and uh, filled Mary with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God hovered over her, created a baby in her womb, and she gave birth to um, the Messiah. I'll also remind you that the first person filled with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament was a woman named Elizabeth, and it was actually a woman who was filled, and all the, uh, all the uh, Democrats love that, because it was a woman, and all the feminists love that, but all the conservatives of this side, and her, her baby in her womb was filled with the Holy Ghost too. Because it's a baby in there. Well, I got quiet, okay. It's because it's a child in there. It's not a fetus in there. It's a child in there. Yep. Yep. We believe, I believe that. So now I'm offending everyone. All right. 
Good. I love searching conference. So the spirit of God is, is poured out. We're a prophetic house. And, and, and when, when, the, when the spirit of prophecy is in the house, my pastor Jensen Franklin taught it to me this way, that, that prophecy is future talk. It's future talk. He, we speak about the future. We declare about the future. We, we talk about the future. We, we uh, prepare for the future. We're, we're preaching into people's future. We, we prophesy. We, we prophesy. That's when, when I say we're a prophetic house, this is why we say we are a house for the next generation. Because we're, we're thinking prophetically. We're not just thinking about right here, right now, this Sunday. We're thinking about generations to come. We're a house for the next generation. We're, 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 we're preparing for the next generation. We're building for the next generation. We're doing ministry for the next generation. We're, we're doing this for our sons and daughters. Psalm 102 verse 18 says it like this. Let it be written for a future generation. Yeah, yeah. Write something down today for a future generation. Do something now for what's next. Do it, do, do it today for tomorrow that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. And so I, I have to build today. We have to build a house for a people that are not even born yet physically, not even born again yet spiritually, but we're, but we're building for them. They don't, even, they don't even know that they're going to fill this room, but we know they're going to fill this room. So we're a house, we're a prophetic house, which means we're a next generation house, which means we're always thinking and planning and praying for and preparing for the future. We're a prophetic house. And then he says, we're going to have dreams and visions, dreams and visions. And I want to, I want to help the, the broken to dream. And I want to help the dreamer to connect to kingdom purpose. Let me say that again. I want to help the broken to dream. I want to help people dream again. But then I want to help the dreamer connect to kingdom purpose. We're going to have dreams and visions. Um, the king in Daniel chapter 2 verse 6, he said, he said tell me the dream and, and tell me what it means. Tell me what, what does my dream mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having dreams, but I don't know what they mean. I have a gift, but I don't know what it means. I, I, I think I have a special call on my life, but I don't know what it means. I, I, have, a, I have a gifting. I have a grace, but I don't know what it means. I, I have this ability to make money, but I don't know what it means. I, I really want to raise up my family, but I don't know what it means. That, that's where a lot of people are at. There's a lot of modern-day Nebuchadnezzars that they have something, but they need it to be connected to kingdom purpose. And what Daniel, Daniel was an interpreter of dreams. He would help the man to understand his dream. And this is a prophetic house, which means it's a house of dreams, which means God will give you a dream. He'll give you a dream about your family. He'll give you a dream about your children. He'll give you a dream about your business. He'll give you a dream about your money. He'll give you a dream about your future. He'll give you a dream about succeeding. He'll give you a dream about your health. In other words, he'll give you a God picture. I'm not just talking about some weird thought you had while you were sleeping. I'm talking about a dream from God that, that something in you goes, I don't feel like I just conjured that up. I feel like it's God-given, but I don't know what it means. And we want to help people understand their dream and understand their call and understand their purpose and understand what, what, what they're doing. Isn't that powerful? 
You know, I think of a, I think of a, of a D. I think of him. I think of, of all the different gifts he's operating in today that he wasn't operating in when he got saved. He didn't know he was a communicator to the next generation. He didn't know. He didn't know he was going to be making videos and running our social media accounts. He didn't. He, that wasn't that wasn't in him. But it got a dream got on him, and then we were able to help him interpret the dream. Right? We didn't know Omar El Takori was going to become a guru. We didn't know he was going to become a, a YouTube sensation. We didn't know he was going to be influencing the influencers. And we didn't know he was going to be hanging out with kings, but it was in, it was in him. And then, and then he, he was able to interpret the dream. Help me to, help me to see the dream. I'm not, and I'm not taking credit for that. I'm saying, though, in, in a prophetic house, in a prophetic atmosphere, Things can get on you and things can get in you and, 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 and things can start, can, can start messing with you and growing in you. We're a prophetic house. We're a prophetic. What do I do with my gift? What do I do with my money? What do I do with my family? What do I do with my future? People have a purpose. People have a dream. People have a destiny. They just don't always know what it means. Yeah. You know, we got, we got that building for, for, for 20 million. And you know, there's, there's legitimately a lot of people in our city that could just pay that. And you know that for a lot of them, if they gave us a thousand dollars, they would think we're so generous, right? And that is, that's amazing. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't know how to connect their gift to kingdom purpose. When my wife and I got married, uh, what, what I would assume was the wealthiest guy in our church. He was an old man. Um, I won't say his name, but he, uh, he was very wealthy, lived in a country club, just balling. And, and he found me two weeks before we got married, and he goes, I'm going to bless you. I'm, we're going we're gonna to take care of you. And I'm going, this is, it's on. It's on. Now, now, then, I mean, $1,000 would have been, like, mind-blowing, but I'm, I'm literally in the thousands, right, in my head. I'm like, this is, I got, I've been to his house in the country club. I, this guy's going to take care of me. And the day of the wedding, right after the wedding, he grabbed me in the uh, reception, and he pulls a check out of his coat or out of his pocket, and he hands it to me, and he goes, look at it. And I'm like, this is it. It's in my harvest. And I opened that check, and it was $100. And you know what? I think to an 80-year-old man in 2006, I guess, right? Because if he would have got married 50 years earlier, and he got given 100 bucks, right? But he couldn't. Okay. Here's what I'm saying. I think there's people who would walk into our church and would, and would see what we're doing and go, I'll give that guy 1000 bucks. I'll help him out. And it's like, they actually have, if they could connect their wealth to kingdom purpose, but, you know, they're going to have to go to their CPA and their CPA is going, absolutely not. You can't do that. You got you to hold all your money till you're dead. And then, <laughs> and let me just, um, 
God, God won't bless you for what you say you will give when you die. So until seed's in the ground, no harvest can come anyway. I'm going to die one day and give you a thousand bucks. It's like, well, okay, I guess. But what's God going to give you a harvest in heaven? It's not happening. It's not. I don't know. Just weird. Anyway. One of the things that I want, I want to help even our city to do is understand their dream. Understand their dream. Understand that we're, we're a prophetic house. Uh, we're, we're a prophetic church. Number three, the Spirit-filled church is a worshiping church. We are a worshiping church. I'm doing good on time right now. Praise God. I'm doing all right. We're a worshiping church. I'm not going down. I've got a million ideas, and I'm saying no to all of them so you can eat barbecue. We're a worshiping church. We're a worshiping church. Um, the, the, the Spirit-filled church is a worshiping church. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. Come on, one more time. Say suddenly. suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. Oh, one more time. Immediately. immediately. All the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. I want you to catch that the book of Acts church was a worshiping church. And, and when, the, when the church worshiped, there were suddenlies and there were immediatelys. And when we worship, we go into a suddenly place. And when we worship, we go into an immediately place. And when, when we worship, God releases what John G. Lake called the suddenlies of God, the, the out of nowhere unexpected lightning bolts from heaven where God intervenes. We're a worshiping church, and therefore we get to experience the suddenlies of God. That's why worship is important. That's why it's important that we're a worshiping church because you never know when God's just going to immediately move in. You never know when he's going to suddenly move. I've been praying for my kid for 10 years. You never know when just suddenly I've been, we've been working on our marriage for a couple of years now. It isn't, you never know when immediately I've been, I've been trying to believe God for this breakthrough in my business. You never know when the suddenly, when the chains are going to fall and the prison doors are going to open and the foundations are going to start shaking, but we got to be singing and we got to be singing hymns and praises to God. Oh, may this always be a praising church, a wild church, an undignified church. I never, I, we're not going to be the cute church. I, I, I'll, watch, I'll watch streams because I'm a pastor, so I watch people do what I do. And you'll watch and the stage is just, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And then they'll go to a wide shot and the whole I ain't, I ain't, we're, uh-uh, no, not here. Not, if you're new, cool, come for a week. But on, like, by week three, we got to start. Because we're not, we're not watching. I'm not a TED talker, and JR's not a karaoke singer. This is a house of worship. The Spirit-filled church is a worshiping church. It's a singing church. It's a... It's a dancing, it's a shouting, it's a leaping, it's a spinning, it's, an, it's a passionate church. Suddenlies happen in worship. How about Acts chapter 13 verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to catch that, they were worshiped. 
They were singing, God was speaking. Because when we sing, God starts speaking. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I've called them. Watch that. Callings are given in worship. The voice of God is spoken in worship. The prophetic is, we just thought we're a prophetic house, but where does it happen? In worship. You get in little moments and you get in that, you get in that flow. I got in that flow today. I didn't plan on it. We're just going to sing a cute song and put out a little cover. Goodness of God. I didn't know it was going to go 30 minutes. But you start flowing and God starts talking and the river, the river starts moving. <laughs> ah, hey, man, I feel that anointing right now. You start, it's the worship. The suddenly start moving and the, the voice of God starts talking and things start to move in worship. How about, how about 2 Samuel? I'm sorry, guys, I didn't give you this, but 2 Samuel chapter 6, this is 13 through 15. I'm reading out of the New King James. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken Six steps. Everybody say six steps. He sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might. And while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. David was bringing the ark of God back into the city of Jerusalem And theologians tell us this would have actually taken days and days and days. It should have taken a couple of minutes, but it took days because they would carry that ark one, two, three, four, five, six, and they would put it down. And then their seventh step was a praise break. Six, the number of man. Seven, the number of completion, the number of God. We're we're not doing this without God, and we're not doing this without praise, and we're not doing this without giving God the glory. So on every sixth step, we're going to stop, and on the seventh, I'm going to give God the glory every seven days. Every seven days, I'm going to give God the praise. I'm going to give God the worship because I'm not gonna do this by myself and I'm not gonna do this on my own and we're not just gonna go through the motions and we're not just gonna go with the flow, we're actually gonna be led by the Holy Spirit and every six steps we're gonna take, we're gonna give God another sacrifice and on every seventh step we're gonna praise again and, and we're not just gonna sing like a cute little kumbaya moment, we're gonna, we're gonna shout and we're gonna hit trumpets. There's gonna be a volume to this There's going to be a sound to this. There's going to be an expression to this. And I want you to notice what David was even wearing during his worship. He was wearing a linen ephod, which was the, 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 um, the uniform, if you would, of the priest. He was not wearing his purple kingly garments. He was wearing a white linen robe. People talk about how David was dancing in his underwear. No, he was not. He was, he was dancing in the undergarment of the priest. He was letting his nation know, before I'm your king, I'm a priest unto my God. Before I'm a warrior, I'm a worshiper. Before I'm a real estate agent, I'm a priest unto my God. Before I'm a communicator, I'm a priest unto my God. Before I'm a millionaire, I'm a worshiper. Before I'm a warrior, I'm a worshiper. Before I'm a parent, I'm a worshiper. Before I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm a worshiper. Before I'm a barista, I'm, oh man, I need somebody to praise the Lord. 
Come on, come on, let's, let's take a step right now. Every, everybody, everybody, praise the Lord. I said everybody praise the Lord. One, two, three, four, five, six, but on my seventh step, God's getting the glory. Which means I don't move that much before I talk to God again. Well, we're in the school, we're building the building, and let's put it into neutral. Uh-uh, no, no, no. Every couple of steps, I go back to God. I go, we cool? You like this? You okay with me? You like our church right now? Because you don't like it. I'm not coming on Sunday, so. My heart okay, God? I know I'm making a lot of money, but is my heart Okay. I know I'm kind of in a flow right now, but, but is my heart okay? Because every couple of steps, I'm just going to come back to God and I'm going to make another sacrifice and I'm going to give him another shout and, and I'm going to remind myself that I'm a priest unto my God. And and I do love that, that it was, that it was shouts and trumpets. I'm just going to, I'm going to ring this bell again. Not because I need to, because I'm preaching to the choir. But it, it's going to be that way around here. It just, it's going to be. I'd rather it be a little out of control. You know that passion, the word passion is, is barely contained emotion. Like, like it just could go, you could just lose it at any moment. That's me who said that. I, that's me. I, I, want, I want worship to feel that way. I was, I was up till 3.30 in the morning two nights ago in Nashville with um, my friend Chad Veach, and we were, we were talking about great moments we've had together in ministry, and Chad, Chad will be with, with us actually in, in December for our revival night, and um, we were talking about this one night that we were in ministry in Rhode Island, and I, I remember the worship that night, and Chad and I were talking about it. I said, I thought... I literally thought the building was just going to go, because it was just so crazy. Um, I'll take that over. While we're wearing Golden Knights gear and Raiders gear, and I'm not emotional. I'm not emotional. I don't do this. This is just, Javen's weird, but yeah, just, let's got to wait it out. 15 more minutes. Roman. That's never going to be us. I will make, I'll preach you out of our church. You know, a good preacher preaches people in and out. It's like a good burger place, in and out. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'm, I'm trying to preach people in, but every once in a while, I'll look at someone and go, mm. I'm going to step on your toes today. Let's see. Let's see if you come back. I'm okay with that because I, I won't be controlled and, and we should not be controlled by the, by the tone of, well, this is Vegas and this is just how it is in Vegas and you know in Vegas and you, you can't preach hard in Vegas and the worship can't be too crazy in Vegas because people in Vegas, <laughs> Vegas. Just how people talk. No, no one's going to serve. It's Vegas. No one's going to give. It's Vegas. Oh, yeah, here we go. 
I beg to differ. The Spirit-filled church number four is a miracle church. We're a miracle. Oh, we're a miracle church. This is a house of miracles. We should believe for, we should pray for, we should expect the miraculous in our lives. The Bible is a miracle book. The miracle of God is the divine, sudden intervention of God. Just out of nowhere, miracles. I, I believe in, in even a city like this and in a nation like this and in a culture like this, we're going to have to become miracle people who, who, can, who can literally say, my, my God is, is the God who answers by fire. I, I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. I, I, I am not giving into. And by the way, the, the, I've been saved long enough now to, I, we watch the atheism rise Right, we watched all that. We watched the neo atheists. We watched the God is not great. We watched the we watched all those guys. We watched the Richard Dawkins and all those guys, and and now they're all gone. And now now it's the occult. It's fully the occult. Just I mean I don't know who you listen to, but it's all gone dark. It's all gone demonic. Here we go again. Here goes Jabin again. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but I mean, you watch. You, they believe they're gods. And, and the demonic will bring fake and false miracles and supernatural activities. And so um, Moses dealt with the magicians in Pharaoh's house. Spiritual, occultic, demonic. And, and Moses threw down his staff and it became a snake. And they threw down their staff and it became a snake. But then what happened? Man, I feel the anointing. What happened? But then his snake. A dead snake. And if you study the 10, the 10 um, miracles, really, they were miracles, the 10 tests, the 10 plagues, they were all judgments on the 10 top false gods of Egypt. And what miracles do in the house of God is, is they declare that God is real. They, they declare that God is more powerful. They declare that God is greater. They declare that there is, a, there is a supernatural realm and there is a God that can set you free, a God that can do miracles, a God that answers by fire. We believe in the miraculous and we must be a miracle church. And, and I'll just say it, if, if we are a house of prayer and if we are a house of worship and if we are a house of the prophetic, we will become a house of miracles. The Spirit-filled church number five is a connected church. We are a connected church. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Acts chapter two, verse 46. I, I know I'm going late. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Um, they, they gathered in the temple and they gathered at home. 
They gathered in. Why do we do small groups? Because we gather in the temple and we gather at home. Why do we have church every Sunday? Because we gather in the temple and we gather at home. The average church attender right now in America, this means people who would, who would tell you, I go to church, they attend church 1.4 times a month. So they, they attend 16 to 20 times a year and say they go to church. So th- there's no commitment to the house of God anymore. Because Johnny's got baseball, and it was a long week, and kids start school tomorrow, so we need to. And the game's at four, and so we got to prepare. We got to, got to go to Costco. Got to, got to put the nacho cheese in the crock pot. And I got. I'm just telling you, church ain't an option for me. It's just not an option. Now, I know, again, I'm, I'm preaching to you, so this is easy to say. But I heard there might be rain at 7 p.m. tonight. So just as a precaution, we just want to, as a precaution. It's going to be really hot today. There's a heat advisory. There's a heat advisory every day from May through September. You know, it's just hot. You know, it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. Now, we're, we're a church that gathers. We gather, we connect, and we're known. Gather, connect, known. You got you to come to the gathering. You got you to find the connection point through service in small groups, and you got to be known. Someone's got to know you. Your whole small group doesn't have to know you, but somebody's got to know you. Not everyone on your serve team has to know your business, but somebody's got to know your business. Amen. Hugs are happening right now. I'm watching it. Like, oh, you're my business. You're my... The spirit-filled church, they didn't just pray in tongues and cast out devils and roll around on the floor. They gathered. They, they didn't just worship. They gathered. They were known. Because people, people who just love to sing but don't like the gathering, they're, they're, the flake, they're, the, they're the flaky people. Right? They're the granola people. Fruits, flakes, and nuts. They're just a mess. They're just... It's, it's when you're in church that some of that will, will shake off of you. <laughs> Number six. Uh, come, come on up. Uh, just Caesar, come on up. The Spirit-filled church is a giving church. The Spirit-filled church is a giving church. Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 record that literally the people were, were selling off their homes and possessions to give to the kingdom of God. That is not our example. It is, uh, I'm not asking anyone to do that. Here, here's, the, here's the picture, sacrificial giving. Let's, let's use this phrase real quick. Everybody say sacrificial giving. Um, this is something that I found, it is, you know, when, when you're a married couple on 50 grand a year or you're a single on 30 grand a year, whatever. It is, it's a, it, every giving is a sacrificial giving. As you begin to get older and you get locked into the tithe, you can stop sacrificing. And that's honestly one of the reasons that I believe miracle offering is so important is because there is that one time a year that we just go, all right, Holy Spirit, if you're, if you're pushing me out on the water, 
I'll walk on the water. I'm not telling anyone to sell their home, sell their car, sell their watch, nothing like that. I'm saying just be open to a, an offering that would get heaven's attention. Like Luke went, I got to write this. Like people are like selling stuff for the kingdom. Like I should probably make a note of this is huge. And I just think once a year we ought to come to God and just go, Lord, is there what? If, if, if you're pushing me, push. And you won't have to push hard because I'll say yes. There's a lot of people in this room, you've never given $1,000. You've never broken into that triple digit number. I want to tell you, I want you to pray about it for, I just want you to pray about it. You've given 500 bucks, even 200 bucks, even 300 bucks, even 800 bucks, even $999, but a oh, thousand. Just scary. It's a scary, but it is, for some of you, it's like a breakthrough in the faith barrier. Yeah, I'm telling the truth. I remember the first time I gave over $1,000. Terrifying. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. Guys, be real. I thought I was going to die. And we didn't have it. I mean, you know, I mean, we had it, but that was it. And, and again, I'm not saying to do that. I'm saying may, maybe there's a number that the Holy Spirit would push you to that would stretch your faith as opposed to just going, well, last, last year, Miracle Offering gave 500 bucks. Let's do 550. That's more than last year. Like, Inflation's high and you know, eggs are expensive. Like, don't consult eggs. I don't. I don't go to Smiths and decide my offering. I go to the Holy Spirit. Well, we'll see what gas prices are like in November, and then they're going to be expensive. Paul. Paul spoke about his life like this. I've. I've been poured out. 2 Timothy 4, 6. I've been poured out. My, my life is an offering unto God. My life is an offering unto God. I, I, I won't read it, but in Luke chapter 12, there's a man who, who prospers. He has more and more and more possessions. So the scripture said, Jesus spoke about this man in Luke 12, and he said, so he just kept building bigger and bigger and bigger barns. And then Jesus said, but he, he didn't know that his life would be demanded of him. Am I saying he can't have a big house? No. Am I, am I saying he can't have stuff? No. Here's the, the principle of Luke 12 is this. As increase happened, the kingdom was not considered. Can I say that again? As increase was happening, the kingdom was not considered. All I'm asking you, if you've increased even this year, consider, just consider the kingdom. Don't do anything the Holy Spirit's not leading you to do, but don't just go, oh, more money, bigger barns. And maybe the Holy Ghost will say, yeah, do that. All I'm, all I'm asking you to do is consider the kingdom in your increase. Amen. I'm blessed, but I'm not comfortable. I'm uncomfortably blessed. Why are you uncomfortable? Because I never know when the Holy Ghost is going to knock on my door. So I'm going to tell you my story. Beginning of this year, I, uh, I don't want to cry about this. I really don't. I don't want to be emotional. So let me just get it back together real quick. 
I never, I never like crying and talking about money because I never want people to feel like I'm. So I just got to work it out real quick. All right, here we go. It's all right. It's all right, pastor. Cry, pastor. Let him use you. Um, number one, I was, thir- I was 39. I'm, th- I'm 39 this year, and I started getting all weird about turning 40. All depressed and grumpy. She had to be like, What is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm fine. I was a mess. I really was. I was a mental mess. Started talking to friends about it, started processing with, with, with older brothers in the Lord. They started helping me. And as we went into January, um, so we went into January or time of prayer and fasting, I, I, I said, Lord, I need a word about all this. You know, like, just talk to me. Help me. You help me. I'm talking to all these other guys. You help me. And the Lord gave me this word for 2023. This was my word. Radical generosity. Radical harvest. And I went, okay. Um, you want me to give, so you want me to give more? What do you, like, um, have, I, have I given? Is, am I going to receive a harvest? What are you saying? And through that time of prayer and fasting, the Lord showed me that I was to give like never before in my 39th year as I entered into turning 40 and to expect a harvest in my 40s. So I said, okay. So I said, all right, talk, talk to me. And as clear as day, I felt this idea come to me. That anywhere you preach this year, anywhere you travel and speak, those, those honorariums don't belong to you. They do not belong to you. They belong to the church. You're going to give them to the building. Just, I mean, like I, like I knew it wasn't my, like I knew it grieve, like it was, it would have been wrong to receive them this year. And so I have a ministry, Javen Chavez Ministries. I preach throughout the year. Churches receive either love offerings or give special gifts to our ministry. It's a blessing to us. It's, it's the vast majority of our income by, by a million miles. And this year the Lord said, don't do that. Well, we wanted to buy a dream home this year. We had plans this year. All of our plans this year were expensive. Amen. <laughs> and it was like, God just eh, pause on all that. So everywhere I'd preach, I'd go to the church and the pastor would pull me aside and go, you want this made out to city light? What's, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, we're just doing something. Well, as that started happening, pastors started getting stirred. And it's amazing how through the year it's starting, it started to snowball. So pastor would pull me in his office and go, hey, we were going to give you X, but we're going to give city light 50,000. Or, hey, thanks for coming. You know, we were going to give you X, but in South Africa. We're going to give City Light 65000 Hey, we were going to give you X, but we decided to receive a love offering tonight. It was 35000 So to God be the glory this year, I get to start Miracle Offering. And I'm going to give you that number and I'm, only, and I'm going to share it because I think it will help somebody. Because I just want you to know that I'm, I'm like, I'm in this with you. I don't get that money back. It doesn't go to salaries. I don't get it back in a back room deal 
we've, we've never given a dollar of missions to Jabin Chavez ministry. We've never given a dollar to my ministry. And sadly, that happens. Oh, we've given 10% of our income away to missions and it goes to the pastor's ministry. It happens. It just, it happens. I'm not here to judge. They can, they can work all that out with God. I never thought I'd be able to give this way. Uh, but so, so far this year, um, I've been, I've been able to sow over $550,000 into the building. And I'm just, it is the, it's the honor. I got to, we've been able to sow over $550,000 into the, and that, that number will probably go to, it'll go over well over six by the, by the time the year's done. Stay standing because we're done. I want you to know that I'm, I really am leading this and I really am committed to this. And as we go into miracle offering in November, what was my, my number? My number was for me, it was that stream of income all. That was my number. What's, is your number going to be $50? Great. For some of, that would really stretch you to get 50 bucks. I understand, please, we're not comparing numbers. I'm trying to share about my obedience to help you understand that we are, the the spirit-filled church is a generous church, is a giving church. And a friend asked me this week, he goes, does that, does it, like, do you ever think about that number? You're like, oh my God, I go, never. that's a lot of seed that's a because the because the Lord told me radical generosity told me radical harvest what's that going to be no idea not even thinking about it but I just want you to be open as we go into our miracle offering open that's all I want I just want you to be open because the spirit filled church is it's a, it's a generous church it's a giving church and um, and I want you to know that as we go to this building I'm, I'm going in like David sacrificing and, and I can't wait I can't wait to see what God is going to do with that not, I'm not believing for a house. I ain't believing for a new car. I ain't believing for a new watch. I'm not believing for any of that. I promise you. I'm thinking, what is God going to do in this ministry with all that seed in the ground? Come on, we're a spirit-filled church. Say amen, everybody. Give God the best shout. Oh, come on, give him some glory in the house. Amen.